So this summer we're, uh, we're taking a closer or expanded look at Hebrews 13, uh, which is a list of instructions from the author of Hebrews. And um, even though they come at you like rapid fire, uh, each one is packed full of meaning. And so today we're going to take a look at hospitality as a kingdom builder. Hebrews 13, verse 2. We read, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. You know, it seems to me that in the church, there has been a waning in this area of kingdom building. That we're not as good as we used to be about being hospitable. And you know, it seems clear to me, too, that that has a profound impact on the command that we looked at last week, which was to love each other as brothers and sisters. One of the great gifts of being on the refugee committee <laughs> and the being a part of bringing over some refugees from Syria and Iraq has been the blessing that those folks have been to me. Those folks understand hospitality. <laughs> if you go to visit with Basma and Joseph, or with Daisy and George and their families, it breaks their heart. At least they act like it breaks their heart. Maybe it's a show. I don't think it is, though. It breaks their heart if you don't stay a substantial amount of time with them. And I've been challenged. Because I'm a Mr. Go, you know, I've got to get this done, and then I've got to get that done, and I'll fit in George and Daisy, give them about 10 minutes to do this thing i got to do with them, and then we move on. And it's like, you don't do that with them. You go into their home, and they make you feel so welcome. And they want to spend time with you. This is the part I love the best. Daisy brings out Syrian coffee, which makes espresso look like coffee light. <laughs> and then, and this is not important, what she brings out, because sometimes it's a wrapped hostess hobo. But she will bring out four little things on a little plate and they're treats, and the kids are right there. And I'm like, I'm trying to share. And she's, no, 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 that's for you. <coughs> and you get like four different delicacies, you know, that she's put together. And it's just for you. Just for you. No one else. These folks understand hospitality. They understand the, the gift of welcoming people into their homes and spending time, quality time, with each other. 
if you've ever recognized, I, I really didn't put this together until this week as I was getting ready to, to preach. Have you ever recognized the significant role that hospitality plays in the building of God's kingdom? Here's three examples. Number one, on the left-hand side, that's Abraham. He was laying by the opening of a tent, of his tent, and Sarah was in further in the tent, and three people showed up. Well, who were these people? Well, you'll get some debate. <laughs> but I believe, based on other scriptures, that one of them was the Lord himself, a theophany, didn't, you know, wasn't the guy who showed up 2,000 years ago, but he was a person. He was God. And the other two, I'm pretty sure I know who they were because later in the story it says, they were angels, because we find out that they went down to Sodom. And Abraham, as these three men approached, said, Come here, come to my house. Let Get some refreshment. Let me get you something to drink. Let me give you something to eat. And they put on quite a spread. But Abraham didn't have to do that. You know? He could have let that possibility go by. But it's in that encounter that he had with the Lord and these angels that he was given the time frame for the coming of the miracle boy known as Isaac. The son that would be born to his wife who was well past childbearing. but who would play such an integral role in the kingdom of God moving forward. As I said, those after the meal, after they were refreshed, they, they went on and it says one of them, the Lord, stayed with Abraham as they were walking along. Two went down to Sodom and that's the story of how Abraham negotiated the saving of his nephew Lot and his family from destruction in Sodom. The next story I told the kids. Elijah, the great prophet. This is in preparation of the big showdown at Mount Carmel. Where God was going to put the prophets of Baal, the false worshippers, in their place. Before that, it, the story starts with a widow who had nothing opening her home to Elijah. And like I said to the kids, a miracle came out of that. Not just one, but two. Hospitality literally can be a matter of life and death in its results. And then finally, the third picture is about Jesus and Lazarus. And 
why was Jesus even aware of Lazarus? He was aware because Lazarus and his sisters, Mary and Martha, were people who opened their home to Jesus. They opened their home to him, and he became good friends with them, so that when Lazarus died, they sent word to Jesus. Jesus, please come. Lazarus is, is sick. Jesus waited until he died because he wanted to show a miracle. And so Lazarus was raised from the grave because his family was hospitable to Jesus. You still think hospitality is not that big a deal. I believe it's huge in the telling of the story of the building of the kingdom of God. I haven't mentioned Zacchaeus or those women who get very little credit but who showed hospitality to Jesus and his disciples. As Jesus and his disciples went around ministering, there was a group of women who followed along being hospitable and caring for their needs. The missions committee. Think about the apostles. Everywhere they went, they were received. So the kingdom of God is being built. It is coming on earth as it is in heaven, and it is coming often, initially, through hospitality. So the impact of hospitality is huge. So why are we not availing ourselves of such an impactful kingdom building? Well, I think it's because we've made it into something that it's never been meant to be. And we need to reimagine hospitality. I'm going to tell you this just to sort of give the idea of things becoming that which they were never intended to be. Weddings. I meet with young men and young women who will live with each other for four, five, six years because they don't have enough money to put on the wedding <laughs> that they want. Which to me is so counterintuitive to what the wedding is meant to be. <laughs> it's craziness, the weddings that we're putting on. Like, it's never, it's meant to be a covenant-making time where a man and a woman covenant before God and witnesses. That's it. But now people put it off for four or five years. I'm not joking. And, and live as married in the meantime just so they can have the wedding. It's the same idea with hospitality. Hospitality. 
It's become something that it was never intended to be. Hospitality seems to be uh, an activity only for people that are good at it. Or it's people that have resources, or, or people that have self-confidence, or, or people that are organized, or people that are tidy, or whatever. And, and, and the bottom line is that the means, the methodology has usurped the end. We're not accomplishing what hospitality was intended to be. Just think of the common excuses. I'm not good at hospitality. I don't have anything to offer. Now, after hearing the story of the widow, you can't use that anymore. She had nothing. I don't have anything in common with them. I don't like them. That's not an excuse not to be hospitable. Do you know that? I don't like them. It's not acceptable. I don't have time. They wouldn't want to come over anyways. I don't know them well enough. You see, none of these reasons for not being hospitable have anything to do with the end. This is what hospitality basically is. To honor someone by simply saying, I want to get to know you better. I want to spend some time with you. And guess what? Jesus Christ was the most hospitable guy in the world, and he didn't have a house. Right? Wherever he was, people came to him, and he invited them in. And they felt welcomed in his presence. He was hospitable. Right? I want to spend time with you. I want to love you. And he didn't have all kinds of stuff. Hospitality truly is the thought that really counts. It's not about the means. It's about the ends. We need to think differently about hospitality. I think of Colleen's mother, who was a saint. She was like the hostess with the mostess. You know what I mean? Like she was just incredible host. I mean, you went to her house, you got invited to her house, and her and her husband, Colin, they they were constantly hospitable. I mean, they were always having people in. But you know, one of the things that they found was that Quite often it wasn't reciprocated. Right? And it was a bit of a, it was truly a little bit of a frustration for them that they were hospitable, but no one kind of reciprocated. They weren't sort of invited out for coffee or invited over to somebody's house or whatever very much. And the, truly, I think the reason for that probably was that Doreen <laughs> set this standard, and not intentionally. <laughs> she was just being lavish, you know. She, 
She was just being hospitable in a big way. But I think people must have thought that it was a standard that they couldn't ever live up to, and therefore, well, you know, what could we do that would equal what Doreen and Colin did? And, and don't get me wrong. If your thing is putting on... Invite Colleen and I over. <laughs> we'll be excited to be lavished. That's okay. If that's your thing, and that's that's awesome. What we have to stop thinking about is it has anything to do with the food, anything to do with what happens there, what anything to do with the cleanliness of the house, anything that has to do with this, that, or the other. It should mean I have been welcomed. This person wants to spend time with me. That's what hospitality is. And we made it into this other thing. It's an opportunity for us to encourage each other, to care for each other, just to listen, to affirm, to bless, enjoy each other and strangers. And guess what? We've even heard today, right, of an example of the miracles that can happen. If we'll just do that simple thing. And some people will be lavish, and others won't, and we don't have to judge based on what happens. Isn't this the lesson of Luke 10, 38-42? Back to those hospitable folks that Jesus became good friends with. I'll just read Luke 10, verses 38 to 42. I don't know what Martin did with that kid. <laughs> Let me read 38, uh, uh, chapter 10, 38. It's all right, Anna Rose. There's, there are nice men Chapter 10 of Luke, verses 38 to 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But, um, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And then Jesus said, Martha, Martha. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Did you hear that? Few things are needed. Or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. What did Mary do? Absolutely nothing. But she did the most important thing she did nothing in the hospitality way other than the most important thing. She just sat at Jesus' feet. She just spent quality time with Jesus. And Martha was concerned about being hospitable. And Mary was hospitable. You see the difference? The author of Hebrews says, don't forget to show hospitality. 
We need a paradigm shift of what we're going to experience or how we're going to experience the kingdom in a deeper and more pro profound way through hospitality. We need to be hospitable. And we need to be looking for the effects that it has on the building of the kingdom of God. Because scripture is full of amazing things that start with simply, come, let's spend some time together. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for your word, and I thank you, Lord, for the many examples of people that just opened up their hearts to others. We're hospitable. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help us to let go of all of our anxiety about this issue and just be willing to uh, spend time with each other beyond uh, the church to get involved with each other, to speak into each other's lives, to listen, to care for each other. In Jesus' name we pray.